1: 2025 QX80 coming this summer. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Now here's a highlight from coast to coast AM on
2: iHeartRadio. Mark Lindsay, uh, you have no idea what you mean to me.
3: Well, <laughs> You have no idea what you mean
2: to me. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. I was you the very first album I ever owned. I, I mean, I had a very talented musician brother. We had lots of music. He had lots of albums. The very first one of my own where I could walk around and, and hold on to it and say, this is mine, was Here They Come. Uh, wow. In, in 19, and I, I played the hell out of that. Right? I played it over and over. I had memorized. And that... Began a a long fascination with not just an enjoyment of the group, but I I was always it was it was inspiring actually to see the permutations that you all went through and you still hung together for a very long time even though you could have gone solo a lot earlier than you did would it would wouldn't that have been the case for somebody that was already being Featured as the main performer in the band that you could have broken off, you know, after the first couple of
3: hits. Well, that was uh, actually um, uh, the idea of the the suits at CBS in in uh, New York. They wanted. I got a call, and they went to New York, and uh, they said, "Look, we think you need you need to go. You know, you could be a giant." solo artist and and they paid me some stuff they wanted me to cut and I said, Well, I gotta be honest with you guys. I mean I love I love singing all kinds of stuff and I do. But I said, you want me to become like uh, uh Gary Pax or Gary, uh Gary Gary Puckett, Barry Manilow, yes,
2: or oh, Barry, okay, Barry Manilow, actually, okay, go ahead.
3: Yeah, and, and I said I, 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 got a rock and roll guy that can't, I can't right. tell you, I can't, I just can't give that up. So, and and you know, I probably would have had a a few giant hits, and then it would, who knows where it would have gone, but but I would have, wouldn't wouldn't have been as happy as I am today.
2: Speaking of suits, I, I'd love to confirm some stories about. You are here how you reflect on them anyway. There's one legend about Paul Revere and the Raiders, you know, which you guys are, you, you come from, uh, some people say you come from Oregon, but you really came from Idaho, right? I and mean, that was the origin?
3: Yeah, well, the, the band was formed first in Idaho. I, I was born in Oregon, but raised in Idaho. The right. band first formed in Idaho, then after... Uh, revere got drafted uh wow. he had to we he was a a, a, a conscientious objector and so he had to find a place to uh set out the what it, his service his two-year service so we went on a tour and then we found this uh damaged state hospital in oregon which is just near portland and that's where he did his his time and that's where uh, after about a year hiatus, I went, I went to LA to try to keep the the uh, whacking the record, Purdue Red Record, yeah, with a stick to see if they keep keep pushing. And uh, finally, I had to go back to uh, Oregon. We started a new group there, yeah.
2: That's, okay, so it was, it was
3: both two beginnings, kind of,
2: yeah, kind of both. All right, but as the legend goes, um, you were signed. By Mitch Miller of Columbia Records, um, but without his specific approval, because he had been against signing any rock and roll acts. And uh, so, as one version of that story goes, you were signed to Columbia kind of behind his back, uh, or yeah. like without full knowledge. Anyway,
3: that's that's true. He he passed on on the Beatles. He yeah. Done. Uh, uh, the Beatles. Uh, uh, trying to think of the rest. There's, there's, there's two.
2: There's a long list of, of Buddy bands off, that Holly. He
3: right. passed on a lot of people. They did, but we were the first rock band signed to CBS. Believe it or not.
2: You no, know, I, I. That's what I'm getting at. So that's where it's. It's always been said that you were the first rock band signed. To, Columbia, to come out on the Columbia label, and that in doing so, though, um, it was, it, it, he, he was a force to be dealt with, obviously, Mitch Miller. He was a, a giant in, in the industry for various reasons. Um, and that was before Dylan that you paved the way for other famous Columbia acts that followed after you.
3: Uh, except for one, Johnny Mathis was already
2: signed. Was he really? But he's uh he was a crooner, right? Yeah, he was. I mean,
3: M O R guy. Yeah,
2: yeah, he wasn't. I mean, God bless him. But I mean, chances are, it's not exactly rock and roll. It's a good song, but
3: it's, that's true. It, that's true. He, he didn't fit in, in the the rock and roll category. That's for sure. Right. But so, he's very good.
2: Oh no! Excellent R B, great R B singer, but. All right, so those two things. Now that the the whole thing about the uniforms, the Paul Revere and the Raider uniforms. I don't. That's kind of not. No one ever disputed that that was an intentional thing to sort of, uh, sort of a friendly thumb in the eye to the British invasion,
3: right? Well, I'll I'll give you a, a quick rundown if I can make it quick. Yeah. Uh, Revere and I at at the time we were wearing these uh, collarless La Jolla blazers, the band in in Oregon. And uh, one day, uh, Revere and I were walking down the street in Sandy Boulevard in Portland to pick up our cleaning because we had a show at the uh, Lake Oswego Armory that night. And uh, we happened to walk past this costume shop, and in the cost in this shop were these mannequins in the window wearing various. Uh, dress, and one of them was dressed in uh, total uh, revolutionary regalia. And I said, "Look, Paul, that's 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 how the you know that's that's how the guys used to dress back in the day." We both of them looked at each other and went, "Huh?" So we walked in, and he made a deal to rent uh, enough uh, uniforms hmm. for for that night. Hmm. We went. We took him to the show first part of the show, we played in our collars blazers when we did the regular thing. Then we, at intermission we changed into these long coats, high boots, lace dickies, the whole uh, three-cornered hats, the whole the whole business and finished the show. And it was like the the most fun I'd had in years because I thought we were in costume and nobody really could know who, who who I was so I could do anything I wanted. And I did. So the whole band just kind of took on this this whole uh, tenor of, of being just nuts, <laughs> right? And, and, uh, and then... so then, then we then we put them, you know, took them back to the, the the costume shop, went on our way. The next time we time we came back to Lake Oswego, and we played. And we said, "Well, where's your outfit? Oh, had, really? Was, and yeah, and we went look. We looked at each other. And we went, "Well, maybe we got something here." So we yeah. had some made, and and the rest is history. As they say, Th-
2: those could not have been cheap. Well, they were sure hot. <laughs> yeah, hot. yeah. I mean, they looked at, and they, it, yeah. it, uh, it, they just, I mean, the amount of embroidery, and to do however many you did at a time, that just, that had, that had, that was an investment by somebody. I'm assuming by that point. Um, you know, CBS had assigned somebody to do your your costuming.
3: Only I wish yeah, that was really? that was out of my pockets. But was it was really? No, yeah. Wow. They they didn't they didn't really get us and then then they didn't you know first of all, uh, Mitch Miller was just he was hoping even even though we were signed and we were starting he was we hoping there yeah he was hoping that. That rock and roll would run its course, and then he could get, get back to you know Mitch Miller, of the right. Miller singers, <laughs> right? And but it, it didn't work that way. It, it just kept kept going and, and refused to die, right? And uh, so,
2: was, so you know, there's nothing he, wrong he about it. the great old American songbook, you know. There's nothing, but those songs were pretty played out at some point. You know, I mean, and the, the sing-along with Mitch thing, that was as much a gimmick as anything else, so, I mean, that's...
3: Yeah, it worked for a while.
2: <laughs> I know it did. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I mean, I'm not, it's like Liberace or something, you know, there's always going to be a place for something like that, but...
0: But you all were, and I want to go back to something you had said:
2: is that that what you had that wild man? um, That was kind of your mystique about you that you guys were kind of crazy, which was great because you were playing off of, or you know, doing your own version of what had become that hard day's night kind of a vibe of. The you know the guys just you know in some it wasn't just a rock band it was a clubhouse, and you guys were just you know you were being unleashed on the world.
3: I'm sorry, I, I missed the, the last part. Of
2: that last it's okay. Did, I mean, it was like a little bit like you guys were in a clubhouse. It was like uh, it was like your own. You guys were just you. Were, it was a fun thing. It was hard days night every time you were up on stage.
3: Well. After we we started doing that kind of thing, and I saw what what uh, insanity did for the audience, yeah, I made a deal with myself that I would do something different every night that we played that was crazier. I hoped than, than I'd done the night before, And right. And uh, it got pretty <laughs> pretty insane for a while, but but we've developed a rep- reputation and. Uh, and you know, people came from miles around because they didn't know what we were going to do.
2: Yeah, uh, I, but I think that was that was part of why you had not you had not just a radio presence, but in some ways, I mean, by becoming the house band for what, where the action is is that the was that the show, yep. Yep, um, the show. that I which I used to. I, this again, I'm totally geeking out here, but I, I remember coming home from school just to try to catch that show and, and because it, it, it was, it, it was pretty innovative for an afternoon show and there was a lot of camera work and a lot of zooming in and out and a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh uh those sort of uh whip takes and whatever. And but part of it was just that you guys were more than just a band. You just you just exuded this you exploded with energy. And no matter where i I went back to do a, kind of a deep dive on things I hadn't seen you do or I didn't remember seeing like like that show uh you were on a show called A Go Go, which seemed like it had rotating hosts, but I don't know much about it. What do you remember? Being on that show?
3: Hollywood a go-go?
2: Hollywood a go-go. Is that what it was? Yeah. Or or Hullabaloo. Well, I don't know. It was Michael Landon hosted yeah, one episode, and then Jerry Lewis and Gary Lewis hosted another one, and you yeah, were on both Hullab- of those.
3: That's Hullabaloo.
2: But you're underneath these neon lights that said a go-go, and I just wasn't sure what that was. Okay, that so was- that was on Hullabaloo, and... That was like, and the cool the cool thing about that it is not not just the dancers and the crowd and everything, but y'all were dancers were cool. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 not just them. You guys are playing live. Yep. Right. You weren't lip syncing. But that's like, I look at back and I think the '60s is the era where people would go on these shows and take the easy route. And and you guys sounded just as good live on a show like that as you did on your records.
3: Well, it was we remember, remember it was pretty simple. We had guitar, bass, and drums, and, yeah, but... and keyboard, and that was it.
2: Yeah, and, but uh, so it was, <laughs> a lot of other was... bands did too, and they were still <laughs> lip syncing along to a record. You know, with that awkward, weird fade out at the end where they try to juice the audience to
3: cover the fade. Yeah, we, we were, we were, uh, live except, uh, for, there was a couple of times we did a lip sync. When we had a, a new, a new record we just finished, uh, literally, at, like probably the night before. And we had mm. to do it on action. And I didn't know the song. So <laughs> they, they played the track and, and I had the, I knew the sound people. I had them open the, my mic so I could sing live. And and uh, uh, Dick Clark is gone now. But if if he heard this, if he's hearing this now, yeah, he's, really, he's gonna pull my uh, AFM card because his the 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 price he had to pay for a live performance was way more than uh, than lip sync. But oh, but really? that was the only way I could I could get the the you know I mean if I if I lip sync it it would have really been a terrible lip sync so. I did it live, and nobody ever knew. It sounded just as, just as good as, uh, as whatever is it, it normally did. You know?
2: Yeah, but well, I think that's a tribute to you all too. That, and this, this also brings me to another one of those myths I wanted to confirm. Was that with very? F- I don't want to say this. Don't don't kill the messenger on this. But with very few exceptions, you all were known as playing all of your own instruments but there were a few occasions when members of the wrecking crew came in and provided a backing track true or false
3: it's that's true the the, the raiders okay. uh we, we 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 soldiered on to 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 uh, use using yeah. a, a time-worn phrase but during that time in uh, in 67 uh, three of the guys left from the group: the, the drummer, the the guitar player, and and the bass player. And so we replaced all three of those guys, but they were they were like pretty green and didn't have the vibe yet. So we, you know, in this the, and they weren't really familiar with the studio at all. So we had the the breaking crew in for for quite a few tracks, and uh, it went it, you know it went on. And when the Raiders were com- competent, and I could use them, I, and I started producing about that time too, when yeah. I could use them on the tracks, I used the Raiders. And when I, when they they wanted it a little bit, I would use the uh, the guys from Wrecking Crew. And they were they were, they always came true.
1: Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.